We, we want our raw thoughts. Uh, I don't think the people want my raw thoughts. Is there, is there any of these names that, that really jump out at you? Other than, apparently, Raw Thoughts, we've talked about Palace Lizards, although I want to talk about that one in a little bit more depth. Yeah. Is there, like, a top one or two on this list of 25 that you just somehow came up with when we were texting? The top one would be something to do with the Palace Lizards. I also like Bias Towards Action. Bias Towards Action. Mm-hmm. Killing Dragons looks cool. That that one that you added. I'm assuming that's one you added in there and not a uh, topic? No, it's actually a topic. Okay. But that, uh, <laughs> I'm totally fine with that being a, a name. Killing Dragons has specifically to do with the palace lizard's name in fables uh-huh. that are part of our, our mythology, uh, stories that are part of our mythology. Lizards are good or evil. And I'm more familiar with the, the evil ones in mythology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am too. And so I was thinking, you know, palace lizards, you kind of, I think that we would get some kind of, I think it wouldn't be projecting. Although I like the word picture and especially the reference to Psalms. Um, Is it Psalms? Proverbs. I was thinking Proverbs and I was like, no, 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 I remembered wrong. Anyway, whatever. I think that because of our culture, I think it would just conjure light. And I were talking and she was like, I don't know any Disney lizards that are good and uh and then i was you know i was thinking like what's the like consummate hero story and it's damsel in distress prince charming kills the dragon saves the princess that's kind of that's kind of the deal lizards in the palace and then i was thinking you know we might get a lot of like conspiracy theory guys and gals like uh lizards are ruling the world because that was a thing in oh that's i have heard yeah yeah, I was gonna say the '90s, but I don't know when it was. Uh-huh. Um, so, or or, or we um, get people who are really familiar with the Book of Proverbs. We, yeah, I think that would be a real small group of. People. You only need a thousand. I think I don't think it's a thousand. You you really don't think there are a thousand people in the read the Book of Proverbs and know the Book of Proverbs well? That would I don't be think very that there are. Dis- that's, are. A, that's a very disappointing thought. Okay. Yeah, I mean, no. If you go there with that thought, sure, that's disappointing. But I think that that you're not you're not filtering correctly when you say that. I think it's a thousand people who know Proverbs well who are looking for a new podcast that are related to some of the people that we know. Ah. Who yet you know it's just like that are English speaking, right? Uh-huh. They probably are going to be English speaking. I think that yeah, there's just like a lot of filters that go down pretty quick and and can get that number smaller than a thousand. Yep. You know. So then we go to killing the palace lizards. Yeah, killing killing lizards. That's that's it. We got it. Killing palace lizards. Hmm. Killing dragons as a name for a podcast. That's not something I thought of. It's a little. So a lot of these are. They've got. I'm noticing kind of a a type of. There's kind of two types here. You've got things that are very productivity focused and uh, and then word pictures from the Bible yep. or phrases from the Bible. Yep, that was basically, well, except for the three for sources. Cohen's of Awe or uh, Two Happy Hobbits. Two Happy Hobbits, is that addenda to the Bible? That's actually comes from a quote from <laughs> uh, Andy Wilson that he gave at a talk I was listening to where he was talking about the problem of evil and, and describing how if if you just had, if you had no evil in uh, The Lord of the Rings, you'd just have happy hobbits out eating and smoking which would be a really great life for them, but it'd be a very boring story. Mm-hmm. And 
And so I'm not sure how that fits into this idea of what we want to cover in the podcast. I guess the idea of just being able to hang out for an hour and and talk stuff we've been thinking about, it, it would be something where you wouldn't be taking it too seriously. But that may not be the direction we want to go. Well, let me just ask, like, how... I, a concern I have is, like, I don't particularly want to add another like serious work commitment in my life right you know i i'm constantly trying to improve my like work life habits Mm -hmm. and you know adding something where you and i are discussing on a on a monthly or you know every other week or whatever it ends up being basis where where we're talking fairly seriously you know i don't mind talking seriously obviously but i would I don't know. The happy habits are starting to grow on me. The, you know, conversations that oscillate between joking conversations where we, I mean, I guess it probably is not a fantastic place to talk about the idiosyncrasies of our close friends, although maybe maybe it's fine for that, to, you know, like deep currents of theology and other stuff. I, you know, but I don't, you know, or the habits that we're trying to grow in ourselves and that we see in others and, you know, whatever it is, if we have something that is really like geared hard towards productivity or theology or, you know, one facet of our friendship, then when we have stuff that we want to talk about that isn't related to that specifically, it just will maybe feel like it doesn't fit. But I'm not, it's not a hill I'm going to, you know, camp out on and plant my flag in. If you, if you, one of these other ones that you're really interested in. Yeah, we'll just have to have a phone call outside of this. Ah, jeez, Kyle. I don't know how much time you think I have for you. (laughs) No. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Well, I mean, with that, is there any of these that I'm liking the Happy Hobbits? It doesn't even need to be two Happy Hobbits. We can add Hobbits. That's a very good good point. Just Happy Hobbits. Happy Hobbits. And uh, I should probably... I've read The Hobbit. I haven't read the rest of them, though. Seriously? Yeah. Apologize for the inconvenience. And you just had two weeks off. Uh, I didn't have two weeks off, bud. I had six. You said six weeks off. I don't know if off is the right word. It's probably but not the yeah, right I word. Was not, I was not gainfully employed for six weeks because of the coronavirus. Yeah, it was a break. You're right. I did get a lot of stuff done, but reading reading the Lord of the Rings trilogy was not one of the things I did with my time off. Oh, man, I don't think we can be on a podcast together until you read those books. Okay, well, this isn't getting published for a while, so I've got time. <laughs> Item one, check. Yeah. Happy Hobbits it is. I mean, because it's not like, I mean, the Hobbits do have serious conversations too. They do. It's it's more of, I've seen the movies. Does that, does that count? Tyler was offended when I said that. Yeah. Especially the Hobbit. Well, no, those don't. The Lord of the Rings movies were, I mean, they were, they were decent. You still got the gist of the (laughs) actual story. Yes. But so much of the Hobbit, it's, it's driven by the character, driven Mm -hmm. by Boromir's insecurity, Faramir's, Similar insecurity, but his no, the nobility that still exists in him that allows mm-hmm. him to overcome that insecurity that haunts Boromir and their dad Denethor, and the true nobility. It, it's it's conflicts between nobility and pure evil, and then with the hobbits and Gollum, it's it's the juxtaposition of the strength of something that is very small and overlooked. In both in both cases, because because I mean, Gollum was Hobbit-like, and mm-hmm. then the way that Gollum holds on, and that Frodo goes from having total just totally despising him, which you get in the, that in the movie, to understanding 
Gollum, and and there's a there's a point in the book where Sam's looking at Frodo and and Gollum, and he's he sees the similarity, and you don't see that in the movie as as starkly as you do in the book. Sam is both Sam and Frodo are better characters in the book than they are in the movie. That's almost almost always the case because even you know you've got a couple different points of view that you can write from. But you can almost, it's almost never done well that a book would be as good a movie because you can't, you don't typically have the Sorry, thought. I'm saying that Frodo and Sam are both morally better characters. Oh, I see. They're stronger characters in, in the, the books, books than they are in the movies, especially Frodo. Sam, they, they do get Wait. across some of that uh, strength and loyalty, but Frodo <laughs> comes off kind of like a bit of a dirtbag at times. Yeah, do you think that's because we can see more of the battles that he fights in the books? That would be my guess, at least, having not read them. I think Tolkien gave him a greater... Again, I come back to the word nobility Mm -hmm. in the book. I think Jackson saw the need in the movies to create that tension between Mm -hmm. Frodo and Sam, whereas Tolkien saw them working together far more closely Sorry, this is making me kind of spin off onto The Last Dance and Michael Jordan. But it, it right. reminds me of... So the latest episode that was published of The Last Dance went into Jordan's um, gambling a little bit. And it, it was interesting to hear Michael's perspective on it because he basically said, you know, if I had a gambling problem, I would have... you would have, People would have noticed because I would have been needing to like sell my house and stuff. The, the, mm. the issue was he was gambling with large amounts of money in Atlantic City and on the golf course, but they were large amounts of money relative to your average American. To him, they were not large amounts of money. So he could... So not even particular risk, particularly right, risky? Right, right. He could lose 10, 50 grand in a golf game, but because of his contracts with the Bulls and Nike and McDonald's and the list goes on, that was like us betting 10 bucks. But then people... I cannot fathom being so rich that $50,000 is the same as $10. Although maybe maybe Bill Gates feels that way or you know somebody who or Michael Jordan apparently yeah. is that kind of is that kind of what the um, documentary suggests is, That's what is Michael says like, in the documentary. Yeah, but Michael also could have a somewhat warped view of reality. He, but the other thing is he's he's worth over he's worth 2 billion dollars or something at this point. There's a lot of billion. Yeah. I mean, well, it's not that many billion, but it's, it's a lot, lot of million. It's a lot of million. 2,000 million. 2,000 million. Yes. million. Hmm. Okay. Did I cut you off no. there? Or is there more you oh, want to say well, about that? It, it was just, they talked about how we as a culture enjoy this. It's the Batman thing where you, you build someone up as a hero until you cut them down as a villain. And so I wonder if Jackson kind of was playing with that with Frodo's character where he's the good guy, right? But who has, is charged with the quest but he's also this tragic character who Mm. the book has a tragedy where the tragedy is that he will not be able to live in the world he saves well not ruin it for me whereas in i mean you see that in the movie too but it's not (laughs) as stark the in, in, in the movie the i didn't i didn't get that impression from the movie that i recall and i've i've seen him at least twice okay but i mean uh i I don't recall that as an impression. Yeah, that's one of the things that, that I think bothers people when they see the movie compared to the book is or what's displayed as happening with Frodo in the movie is just not close to the full agony that he goes through in the book, mm. which makes him that much grander a character 
in the actual story as okay. opposed to this sort of pawn that is impacted he is a true tragic hero that's interesting so if we're going to go back to that kind of hero story the typical mm-hmm. hero story even though obviously the details are changed somewhat it's uh damsel in distress hero tries to save the damsel and then dies or potentially dies in the process right. it's it's the story of it's the messianic story yeah which we see in so many different stories and is is by far the most compelling like people just never seem to get tired right. of that unless you're avant-garde yeah i don't know if that's what that means well I, i've heard it's i've heard it's french for bad art but i don't think that's probably what it means <laughs> I, I think i think it's like advanced guard or cutting edge but mm. the i think what's going on there is you have and this kind of goes back to francis schaefer's book book slash books on art and postmodernism uh how should we then live and in that he details the history of art and and makes a case that in order to reflect the way that culture has broken its connection to absolute truth that comes through christianity it necessarily needs to create art that doesn't follow the story that we innately desire mm-hmm. who did you say uh, that, that was francis schaefer i liked how i spelled it just fine there may be another when was that written there too but it was written in the mid 20th century like the 60s 70s something like that pretty sure it would be schaffer if there was another f in there that's true <laughs> but he and his wife uh founded a kind of commune of sorts i hate to use that word but what it was must have been during the seven a compound sort of um it was in the alps a little french town called Labrie, and and the idea was you had all these college kids who were searching for meaning i mean that's at the time when steve jobs went to india right and had his experience yeah. but some college kids would come to Labrie and they'd work in the gardens and that's how they paid their way basically and Schaefer and his wife and some other Christians there would teach them about Christianity and I mean a lot of them were Christians I think coming in they just wanted to understand how to have an impact on the world in a similar way Beatles and Jobs were having an impact or going to have an impact And, Mm -hmm. and they did that in the context of this Christian community there yeah so you don't like the word commune so I'm assuming because you because you called them Christians that they were not a cult right it's kind of interesting I was I told you that we had watched well actually like showed me I hadn't seen it the pandemic video right oh boy which oh if you don't want to talk about it we just cut it and we'd be done right now no, no, no let's I, I I haven't watched it at all I think it is worth talking about stuff like this just given how big an impact impact coronavirus is having on our country and our culture right now so it is a very and, and the and, world in the world but but yeah really, i do want to focus on america because the rest of the world seems to understand that we need yeah, to walk yeah, the, sure and i think that because a lot of americans live in cities i do think a lot a lot of the americans understand that we i don't see I mean, if we're going to get political here for, you know, just a Go moment, for it. blue, it seems like a lot of the dissent is coming from the right. Yes. And not from yes. the left. And the cities are red and, excuse me. No, yeah. cities are blue. No, cities are blue. I, you know, colorblind. Not really. Just kidding. Cities are blue and everywhere else is fairly red. 
Except for like, what's that? There's like a city in Texas that Tim Ferriss Austin. is in, and he's like, as he's like, it's, it's very a, blue, blue and a sea of red. But that's like every you know, except for Seattle and Portland, the Portland area, like Washington is completely red, except for Portland and probably Salem, like Oregon is completely red. All of Southern California is blue and the north is mostly red you know so you've got that you've got that divide there but my only quibble with that is california the coast is blue and the inland is red yeah Yeah? Mm okay i trust you in any case this is not where i was going to go with this this is fascinating though i'm very curious where you're going to go with this yeah no it was basically just that a little bit more backstory Not all of it, but just I've started reading a book by Greg Kokel um, called Tactics. I'm not very far into it. Have you ever read it? Is that on evangelism? He might say that it is. It sounds like from the first two chapters of the book that it is on disagreeing in a winsome way. He talks about instead of trying to present the gospel to somebody you just meet, Mm -hmm. putting a rock in their shoe to help them like it's basically something that they're gonna they're it's gonna bug yeah. them a problem with the way that they think that will hopefully you know some it's evangelism through some Christ. it's a yeah but it's like it's you know some water some plant and then others yeah. harvest and he would say that the tactics that he's talking about are more the water and the planting mm-hmm. stage and you know maybe maybe there's maybe there's some harvesting but that's you know that's the easy work almost is what he mm-hmm. said like the the people who the lord has prepared for that he has done all of that work basically so my wife is talking with a friend of hers right. about about this this uh, i'm not quite sure what to video we'll just call it a video no judgment there about some of the problems with it we watched it together and talked about it and Kyle you said you hadn't watched all of I it I have watched zero or, of it You've watched zero of it well I hate to poison your mind with a predisposition against it, but I think I'm already. Um, some of the questions that she asked me were like, "What what were problems that you found with it?" Like right off the uh-huh. bat, to give you an idea, it's a, about a PhD, she's a doctor of some kind who was involved with research related to HIV. Uh-huh and basically stole like she was at some point asked to leave her she was fired and then she stole some documents and went to jail the document excuse me the video where she's being interviewed by somebody basically says that she was dragged out of her house and her husband was like tortured not tortured but like questioned strongly by the fbi for several days and that uh anthony fauci this um, is hiv wasn't back in the late 80s early 90s correct yep and that she had a gag order and that it was all these things and it's and it, it basically like one the video doesn't use hardly any i don't think it uses any dates uh-huh for the claims that they're making. they it, One of the reasons that makes it feel somewhat compelling is that in a, it is a 25 minute video. So if you decide to watch it, like strap in, it makes so many claims and no evidence. Almost, I, I don't think that they're like, this is our claim and here is some evidence that you can look at that supports right, this. Right. It's 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 just claim after claim after claim after claim after claim for 25 right. minutes, and it's like it get it keeps getting taken down off of YouTube, yeah. and the author wants to say the reason that it gets keeps getting taken down yeah. 
is because the people at, like the people who are in control don't want this information out. Like uh-huh. one, there's claims with no backup. Uh, two, they use copyrighted material with no like no mention of that. Mm-hmm. And so like I and the reason that I know that it has copyrighted material is because I've seen some of the other videos that it has and it makes no mention of them. It just basically says like we came up with this. They're cutting other, they're splicing other things into it that, uh, one, is even misconstruing the other, like, where the other video, like, the original videos. They're taking it totally out of context. And, uh, anyway, so it's just, like, riddled with stuff. And the idea that we have, I don't know, just, like, a, a certain authority or a certain talking with these people who have these kind of alternative views or that views that are different than ours like how do you do that in a winning way how do you how do you talk with somebody who thinks that the reason that you think the things that you believe are because you're a sheep right like that's that's difficult when somebody thinks that you are completely deceived mm-hmm. and actually they are or this is this like, is actually I, something i've been thinking about from the standpoint of i've been asking myself the question why have those conversations in what in what yeah. in what circumstances are those conversations something worth fighting fighting helpful, for? Helpful, basically. Yeah, and I would say that the reason that they are helpful. So let's say that you and I are in a group of ten people, yeah. and one person has these views that are different than the other right. nine, right? And you and I are in this group, and so outside of that main group, we discuss right. it, and we say, "Man, isn't it isn't it silly that this person thinks this?" Well. Because we're not talking with that person because we think, well, maybe it's a hopeless cause or there's no help. That person thinks, A, these people agree with me or B, they have, even if they disagree with me, they have no real, nothing to back it up with. And then they feel kind of justified. And if one of us says, hey, I think you might be wrong or I don't understand why you think that. Would you explain Uh it to me? And then... And then you kind of open up that conversation. Which is a much better way to go about it, I think. And then ideally, if you can communicate the arguments for that position better than they can, at least conceptually, it seems like that would be a beneficial way way to go about that. The, the question I have yeah, is... Would you would you walk me through what you just said uh, with some with some examples? I, I'm sure that I do this as well, but I just want to understand what you're saying. So, Or I can so, try that. So the first thing I, I talked about was... So you had two ways of approaching a person. The one is to say, you're, I don't think you're right here. The other way is to say, can you explain to me why you think this? So if, mm-hmm. if I think that good business idea is to go buy a bunch of widgets over in one place and then resell them in another place, and I think that it's such a good idea that I'm going to go mortgage my house in order to go do it, Mm. And then you, yeah, and then, you then you come up to me. You you can do two things. You can say, Kyle, I think that's a really dumb idea, and here's why. And then I get all defensive because I go, Daniel just doesn't see the cool. He's he just doesn't have the vision that I have, so he can't see the mm-hmm. great wealth that will come by mortgaging my house, buying all these trinkets and reselling them. Mm -hmm. Or you could come up to me and say, Kyle, can you walk me through your thought process for why this is such a great idea? And then Mm -hmm. you can lend uh, support for things that are true. Like if 
there there may be a legitimate difference in the value of trinket the trinkets in one area versus another area and so transferring them may make sense but mm-hmm. then you can ask questions like so what is the risk that the relative values will change in the midst of this transaction and what ramifications does that have for the house you have now mortgaged if you and sure. so you get me it, it's it's like what you're talking about with with tactics where you get me thinking about okay what should i be analyzing what have i missed here and it's yeah me breaking down my own identity instead of someone else trying to shape my identity for me yeah well and in addition i am not saying i'm not passing judgment on you for thinking that i'm not yeah for thinking that and like i you know in this group of 10 let's say there's genuine care and in this you know kind of interaction you're talking about there's genuine care actually like i want to know what you're thinking i don't just you know there is kind of this implied care that if i didn't care i wouldn't say anything to you Mm -hmm. about your dumb idea yeah because if you if i lose my house maybe you can get a good deal on it yeah sure i mean that let me know when you decide on that and then i'll you know get the cash ready just kidding there's like a couple different kind of things working together as far as the tactics go but as soon as you have somebody either either the person with the idea that that you disagree Mm -hmm. with if they get upset then you can't change their mind you can't like or they are unwilling to change Mm -hmm. their mind it's not even because because really you can't change somebody else's mind you can present you can reasonably present facts and arguments and be persuasive and caring Uh but they're the ones who change their mind or if you get defensive then you're not going to present even if you're saying things that are correct you're not going to be saying you're not going to be saying them in a way where they can listen and And so if either person gets upset or defensive or mad you've lost and that's where it gets to kind of the third concept where you present the argument better than the other person so you come up to me and say Kyle here are the ways you can make money by reselling these widgets these are all of things that the benefits of buying the widgets here and selling them there this is why the place you've picked to sell them is the best possible place this is why the place you've picked to buy them is the best possible place this is why your house is the best place to get that money and then you start walking through and here are the risks associated with the place you're buying them and here are the risks associated with the place you're selling them and here are the risks associated with taking money out of your house and if you're willing to take those risks then more power to you but rec i just want you to understand that these are the risks with the positions you're taking here Mm-hmm. And so yeah. then it's it's like you've gotten on the, you've made it abundantly abundantly clear that you're on my side. You're you're trying to get me the best deal possible. You see exactly what I see. In fact, you see more than I see. And I and I I sure. should be able to realize that. Now the question then comes back to how far do you push it? How far do you keep pushing with someone before you say, you know what? I have limited time and. I can either take someone from, I'm uniquely suited to influencing people in these areas and these spheres of influence, and Mm -hmm. I can, the spheres of influence is a a concept I really like because you have like, your immediate family is is an area of tremendous responsibility. Sure. You go to church and there's, there's, it's not as immediate as your family, but it's, it's, it's still pretty 
especially if, if you're someone in church leadership, there is a definite amplified level of responsibility there. But even if you're a, a lay person who's in the pew every Sunday, you, you still have a responsibility to the other members of your local church. And then you kind of go outside of that and that's where I think it gets more gray as to how, how steep the grade is for the amount of work you should do, do to protect someone from hurting themselves. I think for the most part, the people who you feel like you ought to like care for, a handful of significant relationships in my life, I would say with, you know, there's, there's obviously my kind of, I mean, my wife, yeah. right? Number yeah. one. And then there's family. But even that, like my, you know, my, my brother-in-law in law and I have different views on, on certain uh-huh. things. So it would be, it'd be brother. And when he brings stuff up, I'm definitely happy to dialogue right. with him, but I don't, I don't seek to go out and change his mind on certain right, things. Right. Now, my sister's husband, who I'm much closer right. with, I would probably go out of more out of my way to change his mind on certain things. If I saw that he was if I saw that it was it was, you know, as big a deal as some of the disagreements that I have in yeah. other areas, sure. I don't know. I, I think there's like a certain gut check, but like I am you know, I'm I'm only going to make those I'm only going to have those difficult conversations. It makes sense to have difficult conversations mm-hmm. with. But if somebody is in front of me saying saying something that's off base, like way off base, I'm at least going to ask them questions. I'm not going to try to change their mind probably, not right, right. there, not go through the whole thing. But I am going to say, why do you think that? Be- and this is, you know, regardless of whether, okay, so everybody thinks they're right most of the time. like And not like, I'm willing to die on this hill kind of right, but just... Generally, you know, if you haven't checked your assumptions for certain things, you're you just kind of without really thinking hard about it. Like you don't, you don't intentionally have thoughts. You're like, yeah, that's probably yeah. wrong. Like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna ask questions, and and hopefully some of those will result later for other people in their life. But if nobody's willing to talk to somebody who is, I don't want to say crazy, but just like who basically has opinions that are unfounded, then they're never going to change their mind. Like, that's kind of how echo chambers start, is because nobody, at least I would think, I'm not 100% sure, but just that you have these areas of, that are difficult, and you, you know, there's like always jokes made around Thanksgiving, like about Thanksgiving, like talking with your relatives who you never talk with, and they all think crazy things. But if you're not willing to talk with somebody about what they think that's wrong, or even hear why they Uh think it, like, I don't know, that just shows a certain level it's of... It's indifference. Indifference, which is, I would say, you know, almost worse than hate, almost worse than, like, you you have hate and love are kind of on the same side of the right. ledger, and indifference is on the right. other. Like, you've got to, you know, at least, I think it's probably easier to love somebody who you used to hate than it is to love somebody who you used to care nothing right. about. And, like, there's almost more work and to do there. that's a huge predicament. I think for us living in this area with so many people who are in the homeless or vagrant population is mm-hmm. recognizing that these are people, these are human beings made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. When we come across them daily lives, sometimes we aren't supposed like yeah, do? supposed to be indifferent. We also need to be careful about not, well, well I would go so far as to say as, as giving someone cash when they first ask for it is being indifferent. Because yeah. it's in, it's enabling, if if you give someone money without truly understanding what their need is, it's enabling you're you're at serious risk of enabling a behavior that 
is not beneficial to that person and you're just doing it in order to get them out of your way. Is that the only reason why you would do it? Without understanding the the backstory. Mm -hmm. I I can't, for me personally, I I can't think of a reason why. I I guess it it could be out of pity, but, um, but it's, it's, it's a sentimental pity. It's, it's not a rational pity. Mm. Yeah. I've had a handful of times. I mean, basically like the last handful of times, which hasn't been that often. Mm-hmm. Somebody's asked for money. It's like, well, what do you need? What do you need the money for? And, and if they need it for gas, I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's go fill your gas right. tank up. And twice in a row, I had somebody just drive yeah. off. Like, and I'm like, I was really confused. They're like, I, you know, I was willing to fill their hole. Like they, you know, they said they were home. And it didn't even occur to me why they would have driven off. Yep. Like it took, sometimes it took like days for me to realize like, oh, they, they, they wanted the money for something yep. else. And it, well, yeah, and then there was, there was one guy who took it. And, uh-huh. you know, like that's, it's between him and the Lord, whether that's what it was for, why he didn't have the gas or what, you know, if he actually lost his wallet or, uh-huh. or you know, whatever it was. So, I, you know, I don't, not that I, I, like, I don't, I don't think that's any great accomplishment, but it seems like one step, one step up from cash because, you know, I know that they're using it for gas or I know that they're using it for food or I know that they're using it for water or whatever because I've, I've purchased the thing right, for right. him yeah that's kind of a and, that is a uh, process that we have with our church being where it is mm-hmm. well we only we don't hand out cash we we only will buy people bus tickets we'll buy people um food buy people clothes on some occasions we've put people up in a hotel room mm-hmm. once we had the time to really understand their situation and see that it warranted it but under no circumstances do we just have someone cash because it is so easy to go over to the liquor store and get your fix or sure to do with it or whatever it is yeah yeah that makes sense and you guys are in are you guys in downtown no we're in fremont okay so fremont in 82nd yeah, so I realized, uh, so we've been talking for, my clock says 50 yep. minutes. We didn't really introduce ourselves. Well, I thought that was, that was going to should... be in the uh, intro that we were going to record well, I mean, you separately. Just wanna, you just, oh, you want to record it separately. I mean, we could introduce ourselves. I mean, we could introduce ourselves by saying goodbye. <laughs> All right, we can do that. Anything else that you see on our uh, little itinerary? whatever you want to call it. We didn't talk about Born into Excellence, What You Build, Killing Dragons. The the what what can you build? We, I mean, th- that's why I'm glad we're, we're doing this right now because it, it takes in a couple of the concepts from that um, Choose FI Rebel Entrepreneur podcast, which are actually building something, actually doing something, creating instead of consuming. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is the concept of accountability and having two people working together to create sort of mini tribe. The standard is that we are biased towards action. We, we produce instead of consume, seek to make the world a better place with what we're producing. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, as far as like the, what you can build, is that the, I mean, that's the same idea of bias towards action. Like what, what we can mm-hmm. do, what can we do now? Like what can, what's the minimum viable, is it minimum viable product, mm-hmm. minimum viable yeah, the MVP, product, the minimum viable product. Yeah, like what can you, how can we get, just get it out yep. the door? Get it out the door, a few people interested in it, get feedback. That, that was one of the points is, is with a podcast or with a blog, when you're first starting out, you can cater exactly to your audience. You can fill the need that they need because if you're a, a Joe Rogan, you can't cater to all 
three bazillion listeners because they're just too many. You can't have that personal relationship. Sure. Whereas when you're first starting out, that's when you get to enjoy having that right. higher level. So basically what do our wives want and maybe the Davids and, uh, and maybe our moms? Is that kind of our first six, you think, listeners? I think my dad would listen to this. Okay, seven. Perfect. He, he goes out and hikes the driveway to get ready for hunting season, so... Oh, how long is your parents' driveway? It's a third of a mile. It's a third of a mile and two hundred feet, some feet. It doesn't seem. It doesn't seem like a very long. Well, hike. he does it multiple times for an hour. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. Okay. With a pack yeah. with weight. A uh, pack with weight. There you go. Yeah, I was doing that. Uh, I was trying to get ready for hiking last last week. Yeah. Month. I don't know how much, and uh, I don't know how much. I don't know when things are going to be open. I think but I thought they still had a, a number of things closed down. Um, they closed they kept everything around Oregon closed down cuz they didn't want people from Portland coming over to Washington to hike, but everything oh. north I think is open as far as hiking and stuff goes. So because we basically live in Portland then a lot of things here are yes. still closed. Is Gifford Pinchaw? I don't I I heard that it still was closed, but also that is national forest and I what I heard is that mm. state land was opening up, federal land was not. So that's why that was closed mm. because yeah. Yeah, as far as like camping and stuff, going up to Susan Creek in that area would be sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that I would be doing I that think... right now or anything like that, or doing that with a group of people or anything. But oh, absolutely not. I think that I mean it's supposed to be eighty for the next two days, and then it's supposed to rain for ten days. Great camping weather. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I think I might go to Frenchman's Bar, but I think it's going to be pretty bad. I forgot you guys. You guys like uh, camping. <laughs> Frenchman's Bar is a park. I know. Oh, ah, good one, Kyle. Thank you. I'm gonna remember that for later. I never go to Frenchman's Bar. Yeah, it's because you have to bring the girls. You're two little girls. Uh, I'm a bad friend. You have to tell me their names again. I could look you it could up. Look. Oh, sorry. You want me to? Do we want to not say people's yeah, names? Yeah, I think that's probably As... wise. I I just okay. I don't know. I, so this actually comes from Seth Godin. He's very careful about keeping at least his. I think his entire family, but especially his children, out of his professional life. And well, I think that's a really good. Uh, uh, practice. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to have to figure out how to bleep out your son's name then. We can bleep out all the oh, names. Remember I told you, I already know how to bleep stuff out because of my my <laughs> earlier rap career. Oh, that's no, I was in a rap career. You're doing stuff for your church. And what, yeah. Did you actually like use the bleep? Yeah. Um, there are a couple different tools you can use with different... No, I didn't ble- Oh, I didn't use bleep. No, I just basically removed the, the sound from that spot in the track and damped it down and then you, you put a I trust that you know what you're doing and I don't don't care too much about how the sausage you put is a made. filter on it yeah and you can cut out all of the ums that we do I don't know how much work that's going to be I have no idea how much work this is going to be that's what's going to make this fun yeah well you can do a part and then I can do a part and together we'll make it happen sounds good kind of got distracted yep you go what we're talking about uh Frenchman's bar you were trying to make a joke about how me and my wife drink too much was that it well, I mean, it's not a joke. It's very serious, but... <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Kyle. So that's... Uh, yeah, was that, was, that what you, was that what you wanted to discuss? No, it was something about what can you build, and then we got distracted from that. No, I think we finished that part. Oh, we were talking about who would t- who would listen to this. Yeah, and I feel we figured out seven, maybe eight. But, you know, if it doesn't grow beyond that, then at least those seven or eight people will be really entertained. I mean, my blog... <laughs> or at my, least... My, or at least marginally entertained. My blog designed for strength has 10 subscribers, so that should tell you something. Uh, yeah, that 10 people are interested in being designed for strength. I think one of them is probably one of my email accounts, though. Nine people yes. are interested, besides yes. you, in 
in design yeah. for strength. Yeah. Well, the, How are your page views this week? Um, they weren't super high. I, I, okay. I, I what just were you checked when I post. Oh, I was just I was just saying I have a bunch of people that I think we could bring on as uh, guests, experts in various fields. So if we want, you have a bunch. How many experts do you know? I know zero experts. I know. Well, I mean, one of the guys is a. Uh, is that your workout buddy? No, I mean. He seems like he would, he be, would be fascinating. We could talk about pandemic. <laughs> I don't know if he probably, I don't know if he's seen that. He probably hasn't seen that. Um, you said it to him anyway. What you were you, you were gonna actually to talk to him about? Okay, far fair more enough. Relevant and yeah, I'll stop. No, I know. Okay. A few people just through academia and and then through church who are yeah just have very interesting and then there are like mm, knock on okay. people who are further afield but would be fun to talk to about what about nate wilson didn't you get him on i mean nate i know how his health is right now because ever since he had that brain tumor he hasn't really been able to sleep much oh well, but that would be a problem yeah i mean if, if we get this the big enough point i i'd be willing to ask him okay for sure and there are a bunch of other people in the moscow community who are doing interesting stuff yeah oh you want to see something really fun yeah you should go look up the uh just like part of an episode of a uh, cross politic cross politic well, that does not sound like my or company. you could look up the patriarchy podcast uh is cross politic where like you have four talking heads and they're just yelling at no. each other that's a different one there are three talking heads one of whom is a pastor of one of the pastors at Christchurch, and i don't think they yell at each other but i also haven't listened to is it a podcast, a podcast then okay well, maybe I'll take a, a listen. Although I, I've uh, a handful of podcasts today have, not today, this week, have come on my radar and then I give them a listen and then delete yeah. them. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there that isn't particularly helpful. You've only got so much time. And even now with a longer commute, I still only have so much time. I, tr- I tried doing some dictating while I was driving up there. I was just going to use the like Apple, whatever mm-hmm. it is, and that... Did not work the way that I had hoped. Okay. So we'll see if we can, we can find something else that, that work, works a little bit better. I'll talk to my bro- brother so, and see if he can uh, improve some stuff on Amazon's. <laughs> yeah, you do that. You let me know how that works oh. out. Does he have? Does he actually work on that project? Ostensibly. I also know another guy who Ostensibly. may or may not work on that project. But he works yeah, on it. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Know. Actually, no, you know him too. Mm-hmm. Mis- Mr. We'll have to Mr. talk Mr. Oh. Yes. No, I don't know who you're thinking of. We'll just have yeah. to talk offline. Isn't it true that all engineers kind of know each other? Um, They're like, uh, yeah. We'll have to talk offline. Oh, okay. Well. Who are you? Why are you doing this? Why should we listen to you? Okay. My name is Kyle Morse. I'm a mechanical engineer by trade who um, enjoys ideating and thinking about topics. What is ideating? Ideating mean? is the process of coming up with ideas. Okay. Basically, it's a fancy word for thinking about new things. Yeah, I enjoy thinking about new things, especially when it comes to productivity and business development and uh, literature. So if you're okay. interested in any of those things, this would be an excellent place for you. Daniel. Yeah, so my name is Daniel Hayward. I am a project engineer. It's actually my official title, but it's basically a step or two below being a project manager in construction. Something Kyle didn't say is that, at least currently, we are both in the Portland metro area. We're we're on the West Coast. Best Coast. Yeah, West Coast, Best Coast. 
Lucky bit of rhyme. And the reason that you guys should listen, man. I mean, yeah, Kyle and I have been friends for a couple years now anyway, and ideating with Kyle has always been a pleasure. And so I thought we would we'd give this a go. Basically, I mean, Kyle kind of just talked through some of the... I don't know why now I'm talking to a listener as opposed to talking to you, Kyle. I think you did that, and now I got all confused. That's okay. But basically, I enjoy talking with you about about different ideas and and then sharpening those ideas with questions. And man, you are like, this is as honest a compliment as I've ever given anybody. Like the way that you think, like I just, I just really enjoy when I ask you questions, how thoughtful you are about them. And that's kind of what I think is going to give this legs. And in it, I mean, in addition to that, like I'm just, I'm just here to have a good time.